Welcome to Unbound, a health and wellness podcast. This is a show for the chain breakers of the holistic health community, the ones who know that their journey is pain to purpose to promise. I'm your host and integrative health practitioner, Krista Lynn. Through my holistic health practice, Soma Sounder, I'm here to help you choose into a healing journey and make your life your medicine holistically using a functional and somatic approach to health. In this space, you'll hear stories of healing, hope, and transformation from holistic health practitioners and doctors, coaches, and community members with incredible stories to tell. This show is not intended to diagnose, treat, or make any medical claims, but rather to give you a space to feel seen, inspired, and empowered with knowledge. Now let's get to today's episode. back to the show, you guys. I'm so happy to be recording this for you today. And before we get started, I just want to let you know that upcoming on this Thursday, October 6th, 2022, uh, I will be hosting a free webinar on uh, titled, Are Your Emotions Making You Sick? So we'll be diving into the mind-body connection and some trapped emotions and how that may be contributing to either uh, feeling stuck in your thought patterns or even physical symptoms and what the connection is between healing your emotions and healing your physical body, as well as, of course, uh, the reverse of that, healing your physical body to heal your thought life and your emotional body. Because uh, everything's connected, right? So uh, please join me for that. The link to sign up is below. You do need to register. It will be held on Zoom just an hour long at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, October 6th. So I'm looking forward to having you join me and we're just going to jump right in today. Um, The title of this podcast is, Is Resistance Holding You Back? And we're going to dive into just feelings that we feel resistant to feeling and what we can do about that because Resistance really creates so much internal conflict. And if you're not familiar with the concept of cognitive dissonance, it's essentially when you know your, your subconscious believes one thing and your conscious mind is, is saying another or telling you that you should think a certain other way or covering up with toxic positivity. I also like to call this shooting on yourself because oftentimes when we are experiencing resistance, it sounds a lot like I shouldn't feel this way, or I should feel that way, or I should be more positive, or I shouldn't be so anxious or stressed. There's really nothing to um, be anxious about. And it's a constant ripple effect of just invalidating your feelings and quote unquote, shitting on yourself. So uh, we're going to talk about how to overcome this and why it's a problem. Um, With so much self, you know, inner, inner development, inner work. Um, there's a lot of toxic positivity out there and it's unfortunate because it's not doing us any good. It's actually hurting us more and we need to learn how to really come into harmony with the parts of us that feel resistant because resistant parts of us are there for a reason. They're there to protect us. They're there to help us and they just need to be loved and nurtured and reinformed because maybe it's a part that's stuck in an old way of thinking or a a memory that feels sad or dangerous or unsafe to your nervous system. So let's kind of dive into why resistance might be holding you back. 
And again, this resistance can be to it to anything, right? It could be to your current situation. It could be to a symptom. It could be to a relationship, to a job, to um, all sorts of things, to a, a, something you have to do, whether it's, you know, you're resisting uh, doing a chore that you don't want to do or resisting moving forward in something you feel called to do, you're self-sabotaging over and over again, right? That's the procrastination. So that's also a thing, uh, resistance to loneliness or even resistance to connection, right? Is a protection mechanism. So why might this be holding you back? Well, first of all, it promotes conditional love, not unconditional love, right? So it it's conditioned upon um, a when-then mentality, right? So when I achieve this, then I can be blank, right? So really common example, when I lose 10 pounds, then I'll feel good about myself. That's conditional love. And then we resist, we resist what we need to do either to lose the weight or we resist being the size that we're at, or we resist our own self-love and self-acceptance until we get to that point. So it can look like several variations of that. We either resist the thing that we have to do to get to where we want to be, or we we resist actually getting to where we want to be as a whole because it feels dangerous and we feel like we would be at risk for losing it if we actually got to the place that we want to be. And this is some of that self-sabotage cycle. Uh, next, it promotes an all-or-nothing mindset. So it sets, again, the stakes really high when you have a lot of resistance and you actually start to do the work and you feel like you're like trudging through the trenches and you're like moving your feet through mud it's like oh this is so much work i either have to be all in or not do it at all it feels so high stakes that i can't seem to get my feet moving in the right direction or i get stuck in a pattern of self-sabotage uh, does this feel familiar to you <laughs> where you're constantly starting and then perceivably falling off the bandwagon and then restarting something and it actually keeps us stuck in a negative feedback loop and validates all of our doubts and limiting beliefs about what we can and cannot achieve in all areas of our life, whether again, it's relationally, in your health, uh, emotionally, financially, in your career, educationally, environmentally, etc. The list goes on and on and on keeps us stuck in this negative feedback loop. And then you are constantly, um, you're constantly validating all of your limiting beliefs. You're proving them to be true by um, your experiences. And this makes so much sense that you would start to have your hope dwindle the more times that this happens, right? And this is why eventually we feel hopeless. We don't feel like we're gonna get anywhere. We don't feel like we're gonna heal physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, we don't feel like we're going to be in abundance with our finances. We don't feel like we're going to meet the right person, right? Because our experiences have proved that this is a really hard thing and it may not ever happen. Or just when we think, right? Just when we think we can stand up, another wave knocks us down again. And I know this feeling all too well. I really resonate with you if you're in that place right now. Um, definitely being on a chronic health journey, super validated all of those doubts of like, can my body really heal? Is anybody ever going to help me? I feel so alone in this. And the more times, you know, I tried something and a treatment perceivably failed or 
Um, nobody showed up for me in the way that I needed to in, in, you know, what I perceived of what I needed at that point in time, all these things kept validating those limiting beliefs and it's hard. It's hard. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I know I mentioned that in a lot of these podcasts, but it's true. And we need to find a way to get our hope restored, um, so that we don't get stuck in the negative feedback loop. This is why parts work is so powerful. This is why I really, really want, um, you as whether you're my client or you're just a community member or you're listening and um, whoever you are, wherever you are, I really want you to learn the tools to self-regulate and live harmoniously with all of these parts, including the part that's resistant towards whatever it is that you're going through internally. It's creating that internal battle because once you can live harmoniously with these parts, you can actually get the need met that this part is showing up to ask for in the first place, right? Because maybe you have a goal and this resistance coming up and the goal is is to keep you safe and to have security, okay? So maybe that's your goal. Let's let's take it um, in terms of finances, okay? So this can be, again, applicable to your health or any area of your life. So we, um, we are having this goal of, okay, I want to save this amount of money because when I save this amount of money and I pay off my debt, I'll feel secure. I'll feel secure. I'll feel protected. I'll be much more at peace. This is what we think. And then this resistant part shows up that's like, oh, I'm resistant to doing the work to get there or I'm resistant to believing that I could make that amount of money. So it's either like you're working really hard, but you have this limiting belief of like, I'll never get there. The money's always... Uh, flowing away from me, it's really hard to make money, or you just never start on the actionable steps to make money to begin with because you're afraid of actually getting to your goal for the risk of losing what you so desperately need subconsciously, which is not actually money, it's safety, security, protection, right? So these resistance part, the resistant parts show up to make sure that you're protected from the perceivable loss of your core need, which is connected to your core wound. So maybe when you were young, you didn't feel like you had a lot of security or safety or protection. And so this is a thing that feels super high stakes for you. And that part that's causing resistance is actually protecting the little kid in you, not maybe the adult version that's like, ugh, why can't I get it together? I just really need to save up. I don't feel like I ever can retain in my bank account. And again, can go across the board for anything that you want it to go across the board for. Just a concrete example to give you. And then that part creates that resistance and we continue shaming ourselves because we don't know why we're stuck in this loop. Um, so the purpose of parts work, again, is to live harmoniously with all of these parts and this means to achieve wholeness, we actually need to stop resisting and start accepting and loving the parts of us that need extra love and nurture. Because what do we do when we have that resistant part? We try to shove it to the side. We're like, ooh, if I just ignore it, I just put my head down and grind, or I'm going to procrastinate, not pay attention to the resistance and distract myself and numb out, whether that is social media, keeping your schedule super busy to the point where you have a zero downtime, emotionally eating, uh, watching TV, sex, pornography, list goes on, constantly having music playing in the background. I'm guilty of that one. I am, I'm a music lover, but I find myself on days where I actually highly need to stop and emotionally process that I'll just have music playing in the background. 
And I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this? I'm exhausted. Nothing's filling me up. And I'm actually just trying to distract myself from being from being able to process and sit with the parts that I'm resisting. It's just a stimulation to distract myself, but it's creating more internal clutter and perpetuating the cycle. So what does this actually look like? Instead of resisting and numbing out and distracting ourselves or grinding really hard and being the drill sergeant where that inner critic voice is just totally running the show, what would what would you do if this part that was like scared of losing protection um, and, and security and that's that's one need, right? This this can go across the board for any need that you personally might be having having gone on met. Like maybe your need is I feel mis- I've always felt misunderstood or I don't feel seen or accepted or loved uh, or validated. Um, so the need doesn't just have to be security and safety and protection. This is just the example we're running with right now. But if that part of you that needed safety, security is causing this resistance for fear that you're going to lose safety and security once you achieve it, if that part was your little kid self, what would that little kid self need to hear from you in order to feel like this isn't so scary that no matter what, whether or not you make the money, you are there to provide this little kid version of you with the love and the security and the safety and the protection that he or she needs, right? So this means sitting with the little kid self, whether you want to imagine yourself as a little kid in your mind's eye or maybe sitting on a park bench with them and your arm is around them and you're sitting in the uncomfortable feelings and just saying, it's okay, I'm here, it's all going to be all right, I'm here to protect you. And I love you no matter what, right? Sitting with the uncomfortable feelings and not resisting them, right? Because if we, let's say, this is not the right way to do it, right? This is a a toxic positivity. If you're like, hey, it's all good. There's nothing to be afraid of. Just keep going, right? Like that's that's not validating. We need to make sure we're validating where the true feelings are at. So if these feelings are scary, hey, it makes so much sense that you feel scared right now. I know this is really high stakes. This is a big risk because you never felt like you had security and safety and protection. I'm here to provide that for you now. And so it's okay. It's safe to feel afraid and it's safe also to go after your desire because no matter what, whether you earn the money or you don't earn the money, I'm here to provide safety and protection. Um, another really, great way to do that if you have a hard time with kind of being the facilitator of reparenting because that's all that is it's just a reparenting technique a couple other ways that you could do that is bringing in a figure that feels really safe to you from somewhere throughout your life could be past present um, from your childhood or from your uh, present maybe it's a partner that feels really safe that you could bring in to imagine saying those words to your little kid self if you're not really in the headspace to do it yourself yet and that part still feels so resistant that it really can't that's when we borrow belief um, if you have a faith practice imagining um, God as as the father sitting there with the little kid version of yourself and saying those things or even if it feels accessible um, imagining one of your parents in an ideal situation, in an ideal parent form, right? Like what would they have said if they had communicated with you in the way that you would have wanted them to in that moment? So any of those options are really, really great options, uh, either yourself or somebody that you 
feel safe with or uh, higher power or um, uh, one of your parents, just visualizing them actually saying what you would have needed them to say. So any of those are super great options. And that is an example of sitting with the feelings and not resisting them in a way that's actually productive and gets you to where you may um, need to be in order to actually move forward and break that negative feedback loop and the shame cycle. So actionable steps with this, right? And you don't have to go through that. That's, that's a whole reparenting technique that I just went through with you. But you could just give yourself the permission to feel your feelings in a productive way, right? So feel your feelings intentionally, knowing that, okay, I have to feel in order to heal. And I'm not going to just numb out. I'm not going to sit here and wallow, right? I'm not going to be the victim. I'm going to know that it's productive for me to feel my feelings as long as I need to. And then if I need to borrow belief or I need to be rescued out of this kind of sinkhole space, I'm going to invite some people who feel feel really safe to me. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to work with a therapist or a coach um, or, you know, just giving yourself even like a time that you're going to sit there and not don't put a time limit on what you need to feel, but give yourself the permission to actually take an emotional intermission and go do something else, right? So feel your feelings. Maybe it's like 10 minutes. Okay, I'm just going to sit here in this and then and then interrupt the cycle. Go outside, play some music that you really enjoy. Um, have a little dance party. Do a right-brained activity, whether that is playing an instrument or coloring or painting. All these things are super, super great to, um, to actually help promote emotional healing because your amygdala, which is, you know, connected to right brain activities, it is the part of your brain that is kind of in charge of processing a lot of your trauma and your pain. And so when that part of you, uh, is feeling like it's under a threat, the amygdala will kick in, numb out, wants to distract. That's its protection. So if we can make the amygdala feel safe by gently stimulating it with right brained activities, that helps tremendously in sort of passively yet productively processing your emotions and keeping your brain awake for that process until you're ready to revisit maybe some of the the deeper work. Um, So that is, that's an actionable step. And then sometimes, you know, sometimes if you get really good at the self-regulation, you can kind of get into the trenches with yourself with parts work. These actionable steps don't always have to look like just kind of sitting there with your emotions all the time. Maybe that feels really daunting to you and you need to start with something that feels a little bit more inviting that you have less resistance to, which is definitely something I would recommend. So I'll give you my own example for this. Once you get kind of familiar with parts work, you will get comfortable communicating with the parts of you that need something from you. And so, um, Every time for probably about a year, for about a year, every time I would do parts work on just a part I've been, since I've been diagnosed with Lyme, really working through the anger and the resentment um, that, that I had of like going through four years of just an awful experience of running around to one doctor to the next until I finally got an answer and the perceivably the life that was, was stolen from me. That's, that's, those are all the things that my brain believed, right? Like, um, there's so much reframing that's being done, but I'm letting you into my process there. There's a lot of reframe that needed to be needed to be done because I had so much anger. I felt so alone in it. I felt so traumatized by it. I felt so afraid to be well because, 
Um, what if it happened again? To be honest with you, that's something that I'm still working through of like, whew, okay, it feels a little, um, you know, PTSD-esque. And that's something that I'm actively working through right now uh, within myself and with my doctor and mentor uh, who's helping me do some parts work with with these experiences. Um, so, you know, every time I would kind of go in and explore that resistance part or the part that felt hopeless, angry, and stuck, I would see this little kid version of myself just throwing punches, almost like pulling a temper tantrum and just like eyes closed, like ugh, hunched over and just like roundhousing it, like just really swinging punches. Um, and I had a, I had an experience during a breathwork session actually last, last summer, um, where again, I, I had that part come up that just wanted to throw punches and I got up from the breathwork session and went outside and started throwing punches and it felt so good. And I, uh, I thought to myself, you know, what can I do? Like every time this part comes up in me, this part that feels angry, that needs to process, that maybe gets triggered by something, which by the way, getting triggered is not a sign of your emotional health. It's what you do with the trigger in response that determines your emotional health and how long the refractory period, which is the space from when you get triggered to when you recover and come back to homeostasis lasts. So ideally you want to shorten that refractory period and come back to neutral uh, and restore homeostasis in your emotional body. And that's how you really can determine, okay, am I making progress? Because you're going to have triggers come up throughout your whole life. You're going to, it's what you do. Do you have the tools to manage those triggers and shorten the refractory period? So for me in exploring this part of myself, I found that my little kid just really didn't feel like she had um, she didn't have a voice in this and she wanted to fight back for me. It was almost like a reverse reparenting and she needed to start throwing punches and have the opportunity to start throwing punches. So, um, I started, uh, occasionally boxing and <laughs> it was one of my ac actionable steps. Um, I've gotten into it slowly because, um, coming back to exercise has definitely been a journey for me. Um, in the past year, but coming into that space with the intention of like, this is me letting my little kid self throw punches. And I have to tell you, I feel fantastic after <laughs> afterwards. I feel so liberated. I'm probably going to get my own punching bag, but <clears throat> that's a total side note. The point is, is that you might not think of kickboxing and swinging punches at a bag to be inner child healing. You might just think of it as exercise um, but this could go for anything. Maybe for you, it's a part that wants to run and be free. And so running feels really liberating for you. And running feels like the thing that's going to help set this part of you free. Or maybe it's dancing. Or maybe it's giving someone a hug. Or maybe it's journaling. Or maybe it's phoning a friend and actually letting them in and being vulnerable or if you don't feel safe there, starting with a therapist or a coach where you feel really safe being vulnerable if you never felt heard or understood, right? It can look like all sorts of things, but it doesn't always have to look like feeling our feelings really deeply, crying, um, being emotionally charged. It certainly can, and that needs to happen at some point for you to get really honest with yourself and understand these parts. 
But the reason that I bring diversity to the ways that you could care for your emotional body and care for these inner child parts and heal them is because sometimes we actually feel resistant to inner child work because it is hard and it is sad sometimes and it doesn't feel the best. So if you could create variation and safety in that regard, I'm like, okay, this doesn't always look like me sitting down with my journal or me crying on the phone with my coach or therapist or, um, you know, me trying to listen to all of these emotional health podcasts and being in my feelings and all of these things, right? Um, this can look like so many different ways. This can also look like pampering yourself. So intentional self-care. What are you doing to fill up? What are you doing to show yourself love, right? What are the actionable steps? Are you creating time and space for yourself to actually um, give back to you? Are you giving back to you or are you just waiting for somebody else to do it? And um, that might be a little bit harsh, but <laughs> because we do, we need to feel connected and we need to feel cared for. But if you are sitting there and you're like, oh, I just don't feel seen, don't feel taken care of, I don't feel loved, are you caring for and loving on yourself first? Um, because that is what's going to help create a strong foundation for you to actually find yourself in relationships that aren't just take, 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 but that they do want to give to you as well. So, um, all of these things, right? Getting aware, stop resisting, sit with your feelings, be curious about what these parts need from you. Um, and, and something that is just a really easy way to start exploring that is just, what would you say to a friend or a little kid? right? Who is coming to you with these feelings and imagining the part outside of yourself is, is what makes this so much easier, right? If we can visualize ourselves from the third person, then it makes it a lot easier because what we say to ourselves usually comes out a lot differently than what we would say to somebody else. So if we imagine our, this part of ourselves as outside of us, that puts us in usually a better heart posture to have a tone that's more compassionate, empathetic, and uh, truly loving, so um, if you want to dive deeper into understanding how you can self-regulate, uh, do some parts work on your own, please jump in to either the free webinar that's happening this Thursday, my upcoming program, Renew, which is going to put tools into your hands about how to emotionally regulate yourself and understand parts work a little bit better and have those tools. Um, or work with me one-on-one -on -one and we can do a couple of emotional breakthrough sessions with somatic parts integration work. I like to call that SPY. That's one of my services. We can bundle some calls. We can do a one-on-one, -on -one, just one-off session a la carte if you are curious but not really sure yet how you're going to do with this work. All of those things are available. Just book a free phone consult with me or send me a DM on Instagram or an email all of that information of how to connect with me is in the show notes and we will explore the next steps in your healing. Thank you for joining me and I will talk to all of you next time.